the relationship that existed, my affection for Virginia Tech, you know, it was always a job out there that my family, my, my brothers, my dad, my wife, everybody was kind of like, if he ever had a chance to do that, it'd be hard for him to say no. Yeah. I mean, this place was Clemson before Clemson was. <laughs> yeah. Seven conference championships, yeah. played for a national championship. You know, a bunch of years at 10 plus wins in a row. I mean, it was surreal to me. I mean, especially when I started sitting in my office. Mm. You know, in Coach Beamer's office. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I used to be intimidated <laughs> to go in there, you know. Just, I, I had so much respect for him. What's the foundation of your culture here at, at Virginia Tech? Blue collar and a, and a toughness and relatable and about people and family and all those things, you know, are really high on my list. Yeah. I tell them all the time, you're going to have to work at a level you've never worked at. You got to bust through the ceiling, and I'm going to show you how to do that. This is what Brent Pry mm -hmm. under Virginia Tech is going to be about. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Next Up Podcast. I'm Adam Brenneman. We are at Virginia Tech today in Blastburg, Virginia, talking to my man, head coach Brent Pry at Virginia Tech. He was at Penn State when I was there, got to know him really well, and now he's building this program to be one of the best in the ACC. Before we get to the podcast, please subscribe to this podcast below. All your guys' support allows me to travel around the country and have one great guest like Coach Pry today. Let's go talk to Coach Pry. Before we get to the pod, we have a new sponsor for the Next Up podcast called Dara Lab, and I am fired up. Because of Caldera Lab, I'm able to put my best face forward. How do I do that? By adding a skincare routine from Caldera Lab into my day every single day. Now I know what you're saying, there's no way this guy sticks to a skincare routine, but joke's on you because there's no way this face stays this clean and looks this good without it. And honestly, it's not that hard. I just needed the tools and now I have them from Caldera Lab. Here's some insight on my personal routine. Number one, the clean slate. It's a face wash that starts and ends every single day for me. Number two, the base layer, a moisturizer that hydrates my skin, and number three, the good. A bedtime night serum that has my skin feeling tighter and smoother than ever before. The skincare world is not just for females anymore, it's for men too, and it's doing wonders for me. So what are y'all waiting for? You go to calderalab.com slash Adam B for 20% off their best products. That's a huge discount at calderalab.com slash Adam B. And guys, supporting our sponsors like Caldera Lab supports me and allows me to do this podcast every single week for all of you. So please support Caldera Lab at calderalab.com slash Adam B for 20% off. Before we get to the pod, I want to tell you all about Athletic Greens. And let me tell you, when I found out about this sponsor, I was fired up because I've been using Athletic Greens for years and I want to promote to you guys the things I actually use. I love Athletic Greens. As a former Division I athlete, I've tried countless supplements and recently my nutrition and my health has become a bigger deal for me as I get farther away from my playing career. And let me tell you, Athletic Greens is the real deal. Has me feeling healthy and energized every single day. With as much as I'm on the road, traveling, shooting podcasts, it's hard to have a healthy diet, hard to have healthy nutrition, hard for me to get my vitamins and minerals every single day. My doctor even told me that last time I saw him. But with Athletic Greens, I get 75 plus vitamins, minerals, and a bunch of other healthy things. I don't even know what they are, but I know they're good for you. And when I wake up every single day now, I feel energized, my digestion has never been better, and I'm ready to attack each and every day because of Athletic Greens and AG1. So if you wanna take ownership of your health like I am right now, try AG1 today at drinkag1.com slash next up and you get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs when you go to my link, tryag1.com slash next up. Next up.
Well, just so you know, in your staff meeting, I said, and Adam Brenneman's on campus today. Really, really good five-star tight end out of Harrisburg. Like, I mean, I'm good. all three or yeah, yeah. Be good. I've been keeping up with you and watching so You're doing a nice job with it. Yeah, I was, uh, you, you do a lot of podcasts? You do this kind of stuff? No, I mean, I'll do it, you know. Yeah. I don't say no to much right now, to be honest. Yeah. We're kind of in that realm. Yeah. So. Doing, doing what you can. Yeah, we got to, you know, our narrative, we got to pitch it where we can. Yeah. We've, we seem to have, uh, Got some momentum and some what it seems excitement. Like. I've been I've been following. How's Tebow doing? He's doing well. He's doing awesome. Yeah, yeah. Moving him to quarterbacks was. Yeah. I wanted to do it when I took the job, and he yeah. talked me out of it. So. Yeah. We got a chance to get it right. Yeah, I'm excited. So where do you make your home? Philadelphia. I live in Philly. Yeah. Okay. You enjoying that? I, I, so I was I was living in uh I was I lived in Arizona for two years when I was out there, and then how old uh, are you now? Twenty eight. Yeah, you're not that a spring you chicken old? anymore. <laughs> you're not a spring chicken anymore. That make you feel old at all? You, yeah. Yeah. It, you, uh, I always tell people you were you were one of my one of my favorites when even though I never got the chance to play for play for you directly uh, when you were on defense, but I'll never forget when I was on scout team one week. Do you remember this song? You probably don't, but you you made my whole year one one the two years I was hurt. Remember two years with Coach Franklin and, and you there? I, you, I didn't yeah. play. I mean, I I, I was couldn't even run. But I was trying to come back, and they, I was on scout team one week. And on scout team, I had, like, a few touchdowns against your starting defense. And I was, you know, out there, like, yeah. talking shit to the players and uh, running, running scout team. And I remember you came you came out to me at the practice one day, and you were just like, man, I'm so proud of you, the fact that you're out here being willing to play scout team when, like, you shouldn't be on scout team. And uh, I'll never forget when you did that. That was, that was really cool. Wow. It meant a lot to me because, you know, you're the – you didn't have to do that. You weren't my position coach. And I that's, appreciate that's that. That's when I knew the knew the kind of guy you were. But I appreciate yeah. that. No, I appreciate doing this. We just yep. kind of kind of chop it up, yeah. talk a little bit. Been doing kind of the coaches tour. I think we're rolling right now. So, okay. uh, been going all over doing head coaches, and, and awesome. I, I messaged you and said, "Would you be willing to come on?" So yeah. I'm glad. Uh, glad you. You're, well, you're I, I got a, I got a lot of respect for you, Adam, and uh, I think uh, you care about this game and got good perspective on the players and the coaches and. You know, I think uh, you're finding a way to stay connected to it, and I think you're getting enjoyment out of yeah. it. And yeah. I think you ask intelligent questions, and the conversations are good and healthy, and so it made sense to me. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. Little little different than playing or coaching, but but it's been uh it's yeah. been good. And the cool part is, I feel like years ago, head coaches would normally say no to this kind of stuff, right? But the, I think things have changed. You got more and more coaches doing podcasts, doing the content yeah. thing. Because for you right now, right, it's about building building the brand and getting your message out there, I'm sure. That, that, that's what this type, time of year is all about. Yeah, that's – and for a place like Virginia Tech, we have a strong brand. Yeah. But to be able to uh, get out and talk about our people, our staff, the culture on our team that we're building uh, – Especially within our borders, yeah. you know, the state's just so important to us. And anytime Virginia Tech's had a lot of success, you know, the the meat and potatoes of it has been, you know, players from the state of Virginia. Yeah. And we're always going to go you know, out in our footprint. Um, but Coach Coach Beamer's recipe was mm -hmm. five six hours, and it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Uh, when you saw Virginia Tech from afar, which you know I was able to do in the eight years at Penn State, especially 
uh, and recruiting in the state of Virginia. I mean, just uh, where the program was and what was happening, and, and not a knock on the last staff at all, just how I thought yeah. it would work and what you would need to do in Blacksburg. Um, you know, I had a pretty strong vision of, yeah. of, of what this needed to look like. Yeah, I mean, there's so much I want to talk to you about and different topics to dive into. The first one is kind of what you just talked about, the vision you have for this place and what made – the thing that I'm curious to hear about is – what made this the job that you wanted? And I know you were at Penn State for a long time. You were you were with Coach Franklin for his whole head coaching career. And I know there were opportunities that came about, a bunch of them. I mean, Coach Franklin's talked about it and how big it was to get you to stay at Penn State that long. What made this the one that was worth leaving Penn State for? Yeah, the first thing I, I'll say, Adam, is I love James. Yeah. And he is like a brother to me. Um, I owe so much to him. I learned a ton you know, he played quarterback for my dad. and I mean, he's just been a good friend for a long time. And uh, there's a lot of similarities in that program and our program and how we do things mm -hmm. and what's important to us. Um, they're obviously at a different place. Um, and, uh, but I went to high school an hour from here in Lexington. Mm -hmm. when my dad was coaching at VMI. Camped here, you know, hoping for a scholarship yeah. and never got it. And um, one of my high school coaches came here as a young coach and worked his way up, Brian Steinspring, mm -hmm. and had a heck of a career here at Tech. But uh, I always had a real affection for it, primarily because of the impact that Frank Beamer and Bud Foster had on me. Yeah. Uh, I cut my teeth here. And, you know, the, the mentality the character, the mental toughness, the things that they instilled in the, in the team that, you know, impacted me and helped shape me. Uh, that was impactful at Penn State. You know, there's a lot of that in that defense at Penn State all those years and what I learned here. But over the course of my career, you know, I was here three years as a graduate assistant coach in the mid-90s. We were turning the corner. We won a Sugar Bowl. We went to an Orange Bowl. We just we started doing some really good things. And having such a good relationship with Bud and Brian and Billy Height and all these guys, mm -hmm. Ricky Bussell, it just gave me an opportunity to, came, to come back a lot yeah. and, and to visit Blacksburg and to talk defense. Uh, in fact, while we were at Vanderbilt, um, Bud and Charlie Wiles and, I, and those guys came and visited us mm -hmm. and spent some time. So the relationship that existed, my affection for Virginia Tech, you know, it was always a job out there that my family, my, my brothers, my dad, my wife, everybody was kind of like, if he ever had a chance to do that, it'd be hard for him to say no. Yeah. Um, but it had to be right, mm -hmm. you know. Talking with Whit Babcock, the AD, and John Boleyn, which John was here when I was here in the 90s. Wow. Coach Beamer's right-hand guy for a lot of years. Mm -hmm knows this place inside and out. You know, the interview process was about, you know, it, it was really a two-way street. Mm -hmm. I needed to know that I had a pretty strong idea of, of what it needed to look like and how I wanted to do it, what I thought was right for mm -hmm. Tech and for Blacksburg. But they had to see it that way, too, uh, for me to really feel good about it, and they did. And um, that's why I think we've got a lot of traction right now. What was the moment in that interview process where you decided, I'm going to do this? 
that was probably it yeah. when it when it kind of fell into okay these these men see the issues that I see yeah. they want what I want for Virginia Tech not from a win-loss standpoint mm -hmm. but what this program needed to look like what needed to be important um, for Virginia Tech for this community mm -hmm. this campus the Commonwealth um, the Letterman you know all the things that kind of make tech great uh, we needed to kind of reconnect to those yeah. things and, and and strengthen those areas and they felt the same way yeah when you got here in, let's say, week one as the head coach, what was the biggest thing that surprised you? Oh, just probably how many hats you got to wear. <laughs> you know, as being as close to James as I was and, and being in a lot of important high-level conversations and decisions and, mm -hmm. you know, at Vanderbilt, at, uh, at Penn State. I mean, I went to Louisiana Lafayette with Ricky Bussell, who was a first-time head mm -hmm. coach. I went to Georgia Southern with Jeff Munkin, who was a first-time yeah. head coach. I go to Vanderbilt with James, who's a first-time head coach. So there's just a lot that I had a chance to, to see and, and learn from and grow from uh, to help prepare me for this. But, uh, you know, I, I just – there's so many important things that come across your desk besides X's and O's <laughs> yeah. and player development. Yeah. You know, there's so many other things. And I love it. I, I love all of it. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like there needs to be two of me. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to my car at 8 o'clock in the evening, and there's three people following me out the door with questions, you know. And I'm like, I'll be back in the morning, guys. <laughs> I'm not I'm going not anywhere. Town. I'll be here. This can wait. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and then, of course, NIL and the transfer portal. Uh, yeah, was... All those years with all those guys, <laughs> I, you know, there was, there was no roadmap for that. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't have the – you know, the benefit of learning from James or Ricky or Jeff or anybody about what to do in those situations and how to navigate that. But uh, there's a ton of support here, which really makes it helpful. I have a great relationship with our athletic director, our associate athletic director. Um, and those things are really important, I think, yeah. you know. You, there, there was no uh, no tab in your head coach's manual for NIL or transfer portal. You, no. you, you didn't get to compile that. No, one. no. And there's not many people you can call to help <laughs> that, you with that. Help, yeah. What was something that you learned from Coach Franklin that you took from him that when you got here you said, I'm absolutely implementing the way he does this certain thing? Yeah, I think there's two things that jump out to me. You know, recruiting at a very high level and mm -hmm. what that really looks like. Um, you know, the the – the details and the specifics and the investment yeah. in recruiting a young man in the family. Um, it's, uh, I don't know that there's enough coaches out there until you go through it a few years, you don't really realize what, what that needs to look like, yeah. what it takes um, for these families. They're making such a huge decision. And, and so certainly that. And then also I think, you know, Coach James always did a great job of just if there's an argument to be made, he always compiled a ton of research and data to make sure it was a fair and just argument. Mm -hmm. And here's the evidence behind it. And I always respected that. And I think it's it's one of the reasons he's able to move the needle as much as he has uh, and to get decisions made for his program. So, you know, he's done a lot of great things. But those two things probably stand out. Yeah, oh, and you were such a big part of that, that place for, for a long time. I remember when I was 
even my first couple of years there when we would have our like leadership council meetings it was always you and coach franklin yeah. and you yeah. were you were i mean you you wore that you wore that hat at Vanderbilt too right with him you were the assistant whatever the title assistant head yeah. coach yeah. yeah i think uh maybe at all of my stops with the exception of memphis and yeah you know, I, I i mean i'm thankful to james for the opportunity yeah. to be close and uh to get some first-hand accounts and to be a trusted confidant it meant a lot to me and it's yeah. one of the reasons it was very hard to leave yeah um you know he didn't mess with us really defensively unless it was important um we were able to do our thing and yeah. had a chance to to lead 10 men 10 coaches uh, you know 45 players and mm -hmm. do it our way and do it the right way and you know try and keep things off his plate and, and make him proud and the yeah. Penn Staters proud and uh, you know, you just, you know, coach is going to treat people right. Yeah. And uh, we're doing the same thing here. Yeah. Uh, it starts there. And uh, this this business can be very tricky and can be very messy, can be hurtful, can be so challenging. And if you, if you treat people right and you're forthright and you do things the right way, I just think it eliminates some of that gray and keeps yeah. things kind of moving forward. And... You know, we, we embrace the heck out of hard conversations here. I think not enough young people, heck, not enough adults. Yeah. You know, everybody tries to steer away yeah. from them. Text it and, out. Right? <laughs> and we're creating a culture here where, you know, they know if they have them, we, yeah. we've got a chance to be better for it. Yeah, well, that, that was my next question. You kind of started going down that line. It was as you come here and want to build your culture, what does that look like? What, what is, <clears throat> what's the foundation? Coach Coach Franklin has his core values right. at Penn State. What, what's the foundation of your culture here at, at Virginia Tech? Before we get back to the pod, I got to tell you guys about Manscaped. Guys, here's the reality. It is summertime. Summertime means more fun, more ladies, more time on the beach. And what's crucial during that time? You have to look good, top to bottom, literally. The way I make sure I'm looking good and fresh and light every day in the summer is with Manscaped. The Performance Package 4.0 has me feeling my best. Last time I was at the pool about two weeks ago, I had the shirt off, my face was clean, I was groomed well below, and my confidence was at an all-time high, and it paid dividends for me. Here's why I love the Performance Package 4.0. The Performance Package 4.0 has everything you could ever need to keep you looking your best. It comes with the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and even a travel bag to hold all your tools. Trust me, guys, you don't want to miss out on this bundle. So guys, go to manscaped.com and use my code ADAMB for 20% off and free shipping to get what you need to be feeling good this summer. That's code ADAMB at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping and guys supporting the sponsors of this podcast like manscaped helps support me and allows me to do this podcast every week for all of you so go to manscaped.com use my code adam b for 20 percent off and free shipping what's the foundation of your culture here at, at virginia tech well you know it, when you lead a defense for for so many years at penn state and at georgia southern and other places you have a pretty good idea because you've got your own culture on that side of football yeah. And I particularly think defensive-minded guys, you know, and, and growing up in the culture here with, with Coach Foster and how important mentality was, mm -hmm. um, believing that it was a skill that you could shape and grow just like anything else, like yeah. your speed, like your strength, like your football IQ, that it, it could be a real strength. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe here that it's my job and this staff's job for everybody in our roster to reach their potential and then some. From the best player to number 125. Yeah. And if we do that, 
we'll have a good football team. Mm -hmm. We'll win games. You know, so now it goes back to how do we do that? Well, it's accountability that uh, we've got an, a program here in place that's a weekly team meeting oriented mm -hmm. PowerPoint on who's been accountable this week and who hasn't. Yeah. Communication, being great listeners, mm -hmm. not afraid of hard conversations, not afraid to walk into your coach's office. Mm. You know, don't complain over here. Don't complain over there. Let's go get it fixed. Let's go talk yeah. it out. I think, you know, one of the things we did a really good job with at Penn State was just creating a high level of competition mm -hmm. each and every day. Uh, we needed that here. And that's probably been a bigger shot in the arm than anything. Yeah. And then, you know, to me, details is, is what excellence is all about. Mm -hmm. And you layer details upon details upon details, and all of a sudden you have an excellent product. Um, you have excellent service. Yeah. All of those things are rooted in details. But if your coaches aren't teaching in detail, mm -hmm. if you're not mentoring in detail, if they don't know how to recognize details mm -hmm. and listen for them, so we do all of that. Yeah. You know, the details are, are talked about daily in our program. And then lastly, as I kind of mentioned, I think the mentality piece, the approach, the investment, mm -hmm. the sacrifice that's necessary at this level – we have to have an understanding of that. Yeah. They all want to win a championship. They want to do what it takes. But what's required, <laughs> yeah. you know? I tell them all the time, you're going to have to work at a level you've never worked at. Mm -hmm. you got to bust through the ceiling, and I'm going to show you how to do that. Yeah. We are going to teach you that you haven't worked yeah. to your capacity. You haven't invested as much as you can. Mm -hmm. You haven't sacrificed as much as you can. There's more. Yeah. And then the, the, the other piece of mentality that people don't talk about is I, we're going to keep this fun. Mm -hmm. I want our guys to want to walk in our building yeah. and want to do this every day with us, knowing it's going to be hard. But they got to want to come in here and be excited about busting their ass yeah. for what we're about and what we're after. Yeah. And right now, you know, we've, we've, we've made some good ground. I think our team is excited and the people that are close to our program excited because they see the strides we've made in those areas. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I want to ask you about a part that the fans ask me a, a lot about in different questions and things like that. When you first got this job, what did the first couple weeks look like? Because Hell. I know I know you're <laughs> not only are you trying to figure out your recruiting class and sign them, you're you got to recruit your own roster. You, <laughs> you got to sign. NIL, you got to sign. You gotta, exactly, and, and the staff part is the yeah. is the major part. So take me through the, those couple weeks and, and what the Ooh. days were looking like. Well, we were in the in the top of the stadium. <laughs> yeah. In all the executive suites, um, the the previous staff was coaching for a bowl game. Uh -huh. They were down in the offices, so we were. A satellite group, <laughs> sometimes sleeping up there. A lot of pizza boxes, maybe a few empty beer cans. And um, you now we were hiring a staff. Got some people in place right away. Some trusted folks that uh, you know got here about mm -hmm. when I did. And um, you know it was really important. I just remember the diligence in in hiring the folks we brought in. That they would be right for me, for our players, but also just as importantly for Virginia Tech. Mm -hmm that they wanted to be here for the right reasons. Just like we're looking for in recruiting, that they identify with how we're going to do this. Yeah. They see it. They want it. They believe mm -hmm. it. Um, so the hiring process was, you know, there was a lot of diligence there. 
and then trying to evaluate the recruiting class that was in place, mm. the commitments, and trying to be fair to those kids and those families, kids that were enrolling in January mm -hmm. uh, that maybe didn't fit exactly what we were looking for, you know, making decisions to, to stick with them. Yeah. Um, and then going out and, and flipping a few kids that, that maybe didn't choose tech because the you know it just wasn't what they were looking for mm -hmm. and now here's something different yeah. i don't know if it's better or not but here's different this, this is this is what brent pry mm -hmm. under virginia tech's going to be about and uh so we were able to turn some kids and 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 filled out a pretty good class um and then the most important piece was uh you know meeting this roster yeah and having those guys understand pretty quickly that we were going to be about them and mm -hmm. that i needed them and I appreciated them, and I'm going to earn their trust. And, you know, there were some guys, some super seniors, you know, that, that could have left that decided Came to back. stick it out yeah. with us and, and provide us some great leadership, you know, through a, a pretty tough transition. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot, you know. And then you got wife and kids that are thinking <laughs> about, you know, where are we going to live? Yeah. I need What's a home, I need like? schools. <laughs> and, and we had to buy a puppy, a puppy for the daughters because the move. You know, we had to we had to put a bandaid on that and make them feel a little better. So we got a new puppy. Um, it's a lot, but you know, it's also very exciting. I mean, I remember every day. It was surreal to me. I mean, especially when I started sitting in my office. Mm -hmm. You know, in Coach Beamer's office. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I used to be intimidated to go in there. You know, just I, I had so much respect for him. And to be sitting at that desk and it, to pull up on this stadium, it's an every morning reminder mm -hmm. of how blessed and fortunate I am to be here. Yeah. I've had tremendous respect for this place, for how they did it, for what they accomplished, for the men they were, the men they are, that uh, you know, I'm just so proud to be the head coach yeah. here. When you – we're going about putting that coaching staff together. And even now as you know, there's every, every off season, there's transition and, and coaching staffs. What are the things that you're looking for, for assistant coaches, for coordinators? What are the few things that make you say, this is the kind of person I want to, to lead our, our players? Yeah. I think first is uh, that they're in it for the right reasons. You know, it, it's, it's a little different nowadays and it's not necessarily a knock, but I know how I came up. Mm hmm small college ball, not enough money to, to make ends meet. Yeah. That's how my dad, 45 years in this business, you know, just you just have a love of the game. Mm -hmm. you know, I got two brothers that, that played Division two ball at Bloom and East Stroud, and yeah. you do it because you love it. Good old PA football, um, man. <laughs> you know, my wife and I, we're maxing out credit cards till into <laughs> our 40s, you know, just trying to do it. And, and uh you know, so you want guys that maybe have been through that and appreciate this game and yeah. appreciate the opportunity and and then that want to be in Blacksburg, mm -hmm. want to be at Virginia Tech. Um, you know, when we had our offensive line jo job open up this past season, after the season, you know, we had two sitting Big Ten O-line coaches, two sitting SEC O-line coaches, and a sitting line coach in the ACC that wanted this job. Mm-hmm. And we hired Ron Crook from South Dakota, yeah. just or North Dakota. Just you know, his background in West Virginia and in our footprint and mm -hmm. blue collar and a, and a toughness and relatable and about people and family and all those things you know are really high on my list. Yeah. If you're not checking those boxes, it's going to be hard for me to do it. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and, and to be honest, we did that a lot, you know, under James. Mm-hmm. You know, we hired the right people for us and for how we wanted to do it. And, uh, you know, and, and that, that was worked out pretty well for yeah. us. Coach Crook recruited me. I forget where he was at in 2013. He was at Stanford. Stanford, that's right. Yeah, we just yeah. he just came in he here. He kind of was a journeyman. There's he was not everywhere. many guys. He he's got connections to all these places in West Virginia. That, you know, my dad played at Marshall and then coached at West Virginia Tech. Uh-huh. Crookie has ties there. Coached at West Liberty State. Crookie played there. Yeah. You know, Clarion. He spent time at Clarion. Maybe he recruited you when he was at Clarion. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was probably it. But, I didn't uh, answer the phone. But he... <laughs> we, uh, you know, so just a lot of cool stories, you know, yeah. interlocking stuff. Bunch of old East Stroudsburg guys that I respect tremendously loved Crook. I yeah. mean, so it's stories like that. You know, so, Eliza Brooks, a lot of the same things. Uh, parents that of players that he coached at DeMatha mm-hmm. that I got to know well at Penn State and yeah. in the recruiting process that just, you know, just thought so highly of him as a yeah. person and and what he did for them and, you know, those. And, and then, you know, again, another guy that there's relationships in our footprint mm-hmm. that are real and trusted and, um, you know, that the emphasis we've placed on recruiting and building relationships in a five, six hour radius, these guys can all touch that. They're all yeah. impactful in our footprint. Um, so, you know, it, putting that staff together was, uh, you know, I'm very proud. Yeah. Uh, I think we've got just tremendous people here. And then, uh, we got a tall order, but uh, we got the right people to do it with. Uh, I was I was going to ask you about the the recruiting philosophy, especially in this footprint. You know, when I think about it on paper, it's a, you have tons of talent in this area. Um, in Virginia, it's also a place though that everyone comes to recruit, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're competing against yeah. the big dogs all the yeah. time. You got Penn State comes yeah. here, all the Big Ten schools come here, SEC, SEC. comes here. Uh, so, what's the philosophy? How do you keep kids home, and what's the what's the overall recruiting philosophy for you and, and your program? Yeah, well, first of all, it, again, it goes back to us building relationships. I, nobody should know more about the kids in our state than us. Yeah, they're not going to mm-hmm. eighth grade, ninth grade. We're knowing about them. We're finding out because we're invested in the schools. Yeah. We can spend more time in the schools in Virginia than any other staff. Yeah. And, and we're doing that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I got here, there was three or four kids that we had recruited the heck out of to Penn State that had been to Penn State, I don't know, four or five times yeah. and had never been to Blacksburg. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, and that, and that doesn't mean we're going to get them, yeah. but it's going to put us in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And if you're in enough of the conversations, you get a few. You're going to get a few. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I don't think anybody outside of our state should have a better relationship with the kids in Virginia than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I say that, and, you know, these, these high school coaches and these families and these communities, this is the flagship school. Yeah. They remember when this – I mean, this place was Clemson before Clemson was. <laughs> yeah. Seven conference championships, yeah. played for a national championship. You know, a bunch of years at 10-plus wins in a row. I mean, the highest level. Yeah. And, uh, you know, back-to-back years of the number one defense in the country. So, this is, uh, you know, there's there's older brothers and moms and dads and uncles and aunts and grandparents. Man, they, you know, they, they, they yeah. understand this brand and I what this it. place is about. And uh, so, it's been good. They're, they're so happy that we're back 
investing in the state. They're yeah. so happy that we're back in these schools. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went in Michael Vick's high school and they hadn't seen a tech coach in six years. <laughs> How's that you happen? Know, just different <laughs> philosophy. Yeah. And I'm not saying, yeah. you know, uh, don't you just go in and take a picture with his jersey, you know? <laughs> yeah. like, man, At least you know? stop by, right? <laughs> um, but uh, there are a bunch of good players in this state. Yeah. It, it's a talented state and, you know, you've got, you know, everybody, you know, coming. It, it's very competitive. But, uh, you know, we're in a lot of good battles right now uh, that, we, that we, we couldn't be in last year. Mm-hmm. And I think moving forward, as we're able to invest in these guys and, and start recruiting these guys in earlier age, even though, you know, maybe there's something that's uh, – there's a, a school that's had more success currently, the relationships and, and the vision and the future and what mm-hmm. they see in, in, in us – can be enough to get some of yeah. those guys to stay home. I think we'll do that. Yeah. You know, that ties into, from a recruiting perspective, you know, as we talked about, not only are you a first-time head coach, you're a first-time head coach in the new era of NIL, and not just NIL, the combination of NIL and the transfer portal together is just crazy. Maybe the good news is that everyone's kind of figuring it, figuring it out together, right? Yeah. No one really has a blueprint. But how has, when it comes to recruiting high school and transfer portal players, how much has how much of a topic is NIL actually discussed? You know, it's talked about in the media a ton. Is it discussed with the recruits as much as as it is as the media thinks it is? Guys, we have a new sponsor for the next up podcast, Caldera Lab, and I am fired up. Because of Caldera Lab, I'm able to put my best face forward. How do I do that? By adding a skincare routine from Caldera Lab into my day every single day. Now, I know what you're saying. There's no way this guy sticks to a skincare routine, but joke's on you because there's no way this face stays this clean and looks this good without it. And honestly, it's not that hard. I just needed the tools, and now I have them from Caldera Lab. Here's some insight on my personal routine. Number one, the clean slate. It's a face wash that starts and ends every single day for me. Number two, the base layer, a moisturizer that hydrates my skin, and number three, the good, a bedtime night serum that has my skin feeling tighter and smoother than ever before. The skincare world is not just for females anymore, it's for men too, and it's doing wonders for me. So what are y'all waiting for? Go to calderalab.com slash Adam B for 20% off their best products. That's a huge discount at calderalab.com slash Adam B. And guys, supporting our sponsors like Caldera Lab supports me and allows me to do this podcast every single week for all of you so please support caldera lab at calderalab.com slash adam b for 20 percent off is it discussed with the recruits as much as as it is as the media thinks it is Uh, i think it comes up with a majority of recruits it comes up with every transfer uh, and it comes up in some way shape or form with every high school player yeah Uh, i'm not saying it's you know for some families it's they want to know more than others Mm -hmm. but uh i think the opportunity uh you know, to, to to do something in the name, image, and likeness space is on everybody's mind now. Some yeah. of them are getting it at the high school level. And so, you know, it's it's just part of it now. You know, it's 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 a conversation over here about your resources that you have, mm-hmm. sports psych, uh, spiritually, nutritionally, um, and then over here it's it's – resources and name image and likeness and opportunities and over here it's strength and conditioning and here it's the linebacker pedigree on your staff i mean it's just another part of the conversation um, that's important to families when it comes to 
NIL, the portal, and the current state of college football, is there anything that you think should change right now? You know, it's a topic that every seems every coach is discussing this offseason. What, what's the solution? Because most people, most coaches I've heard talk, don't think the current model is sustainable. Yeah, I don't think anybody would say that. It's, um, it's hard to manage. It's going to mm-hmm. be tougher and tougher to fund. Um, as we stack successes, um, you know, roster retention yeah. uh, becomes more expensive. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I think we need some consistency uh, where everybody's operating kind of in the yeah. same realm. I don't think anybody – I don't think the NCAA meant for it to be recruiting inducements, yeah. and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm all about – our players making a profit off their name, image, and likeness. Mm-hmm. That I'm for 100%. Recruiting inducement and guys being able to step up and and do things that uh, normally were done, you yeah. know, under the table, out back, yeah, <laughs> out back, or where you know it's that's that's not good for our game. Yeah, um, you know it. it the integrity of what we're doing and how we're doing it, um, it makes it very challenging. Um, You know, we're going to do it the right way here. Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody to come to Virginia Tech because of name, image, and likeness. Mm -hmm. But I also need to be competitive in that space. And and we are. Um, You know, when when I meet with all 125 guys at the end of the spring, the last question I asked them was, do you like it here? Mm Mm-hmm. Right, and it's twofold. It's I want to know, but also because of the transfer portal window that's Mm -hmm. about to open, and you know, and when a hundred of those guys said, "Coach, I don't just like it here; I love it here." Yeah, that means something to me. Doing something right. Yeah, we had a guy recruited off our roster, attempted to be recruited off our roster, uh, (laughs) and uh, in the end, we weren't able to do some of the things that that some other schools were offering him Mm -hmm. and he was not in the transfer portal. I was going to (laughs) say he wasn't in the portal, Uh, but he was, he was forthright with us and I was forthright with him. I said, we, we can't go there, but we'd be competitive as we can. Mm -hmm. Um, But do you want to be here? Do you love tech coach? I love it here. I want to be here. Well, let's make this work, man. You know, we'll make this work. You want to be here. You know, we'll find a way to make this yeah. work. The, the other topic I thought would be really cool to hear your take on is the balance between with the with the transfer portal, portal era where you can go re- flip your roster in one year. We're seeing it at different schools where they've yep. you know just churned through their whole roster. The balance between the pressure to win right now yep. and maybe take more transfer kids and less high school kids and, and then also wanting to build your program for long-term su- success, which I think you would probably agree – usually comes from taking more high school kids and being able to develop them in your program. What's that balance like daily for you of the immediate satisfaction of making yeah. everyone happy and building it for 10 years? Yeah, it's not really a question for me. Yeah, um, We're going to build this program on high school players. Uh, that's what's right for tech. From mm-hmm. our footprint, develop them. That's what's right for tech. Um, I'm not saying that's right everywhere. You know, we're going to go to the transfer portal for, for immediate needs. Yeah. Um, if we're doing our our recruiting evaluations the way we need to, and if we're investing in these schools and our footprint the way we need to, and we're taking, let me say this: we're 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 not song and dancing kids to come here. <laughs> we're doing a hell of a job having them understand this experience yeah. and our people. If that's what they want, 
and they choose tech, then we got a great chance of having yeah. a great three, four, five years with them. Yeah. Uh, and there is no transfer portal. But, um, you know, we'll go to the portal where needed. We signed 26 high school players last year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 22 captains, 21 state championships in their background, 800 win percentage as seniors. Wow. That's who we're going to build this with, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Maturity, solid foundation. And then, you know, the challenging thing about the transfer portal is you just don't know near enough about these guys, right? Yeah. You got to ask fast, You spend right? you three gotta... or four years recruiting a high school player, <laughs> and now all of a sudden in two or three weeks, you're making a decision on a transfer. So the more we can know, oh, we mm -hmm. got several transfers that got Virginia roots. Yeah. Uh, high school ball here, college ball here, one or the other. Uh, you know, played at their previous institution for a good friend of ours, mm -hmm. uh, where we can know more um, to make sure that we're getting the right fit for our roster, for our locker room. Yeah. Because, you know, it, you, it, it, you could be super talented, but if you're not right for the locker room, it's going to backfire. Yeah. That's just not worth it to me. Yeah. You know? what the, what's the biggest difference right now going into year two than year one? Uh, you've been through a whole cycle. Mm -hmm. You know, you, your calendar's kind of mapped out for yeah. a year. You've made the tweaks that you learned in year one. I think probably the most important, the standards and the expectations for the staff, for the team, yeah. they're in place, they're better understood. Uh, and I'm certainly going to be a better head coach second mm -hmm. time through. Yeah. Um, trying to call the defense, be the head coach, I mean – I wouldn't do it differently, but it was challenging. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm excited for Chris Marv to, to be the full-time play caller, and I'm excited to be the full-time head coach. Yeah. What was it like when you first walked out of the tunnel and enter Sandman was, was playing? Was that a surreal moment for you? Yeah, I almost tripped. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, there's, there's one of our uh, administrative folks who's out front giving me the, Coach, yeah, I'm going to count down from five. Yeah. And when I hit – Go fish, you come. You know, and the crazy place going crazy. Well, the, the whole team's in the tunnel behind me, and they're chomping at the bit. Pushing they're, you probably. Yeah, they're doing chance and all this. So she goes five, four. Th and when she was about to say three, they start pushing. Go, coach, go. And so, I, I mean, I just stumbled out the blocks. Thank goodness I didn't go down. That would have been a, a meme for a, a, meme yeah. for a while. Uh, so, but, it, yeah, it's a great environment for college yeah. football. Uh, we're very fortunate. You know, we had an 11 o'clock kickoff against Walford at a losing record, and uh, we were near capacity. The yeah. student section was full at 10 a.m. Um, you know, we, we've got great fan support. Uh, the atmosphere is fantastic. And, uh, you know, as we get this thing rolling again, uh, Lane Stadium is going to be one yeah. of the best places for college football. You know, last season – Obviously, I don't think went the way that you wanted it to go from a win-loss perspective. But I think back to a lot of places, even when we were at Penn State. I mean, mm. some of those early years there, we lost to Temple. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, right. there were some days there where you got to kind of go through some shit to get it to get it back right, to get it on the right track. I was listening to Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. He did mm -hmm. an interview, and he 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 was on some podcast, and he was saying that you know. In year one, they struggled. He said everyone was saying, "Trust the process. Trust the process." He's like, "Screw that. We got to fix the process. Like, how yeah. do we get better?" And that's what I wanted to ask you: is what did you learn about yourself or yourself as a head coach during that year of the ups and downs, and um, 
you know, that and ended with the win against Liberty. But what did you learn, you know, that said, hey, we maybe need to tweak this a little bit? Yeah. I think for me, you know, being more proactive with things mm-hmm. with our team and our staff, things that, you know, rather than, okay, here's the issue, right? We're not, we're not overcoming adversity quick enough in a game. Yeah. You know, we go, we, we get in a tank, it takes us a quarter and a half to realize we can still win this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we got to, we got to, Coach that ahead of time. Yeah, you know we got to put them in those situations. We got to talk through it. We got to mm-hmm. show examples. We got to make sure that when that happens in week one, if it does, that we don't go in the hole. Right? Yeah. We're able to to know right away. We already know we're built that, you know. And so having some foresight on some things, you know, for me that way, I think uh, will allow us to be better equipped mm-hmm. to handle the things that a season throws at you. Um, you know, and I think. Uh, just um, you know the ability to 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 have honest, good conversations about where the weaknesses and the struggles are. Right? Mm-hmm. We don't beat around the bush. That we let's go. We got to get this fixed. I mean, instead of taking two weeks, three weeks to to get there, yeah. let's get there. Yeah. And then we got a chance to get it fixed. You know, in a more timely fashion. So, and again, all these things, I think, Adam, it's. You know, you got to have the people around you that yeah. that you can do that with, and uh, you know that's one of the reasons I just think James and I were a really good team that way. Yeah. And uh, he knew that when I went down the hallway, everything that that he wanted and believed in, I was going to reinforce. Yeah. And I think I've got a, a group of men and women here that that are doing the same. I'm curious to hear from your perspective what was what was the biggest challenge between being a head coach and calling the plays on defense, and how did was it I mean, you, you actually just said it was a challenge and you're going to – you passed all yeah. play calling duties. What is that like trying to navigate calling the defense and then also dealing with clock management? When are we using our timeouts? Yeah. Are we going forward on fourth down? Like, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think you got to have some some good people to help yeah. you, you know, navigate that while it's happening. And, and we did a pretty good job in most areas. But, um, you know, number one, it's it's tough to – to either walk out of that defensive staff room and the practice film's rolling or the, or the game film or, you know, or it's tough to to go down the hallway and walk by that room and know that there's things in there you want to – I mean, I love doing that, right? Yeah. I mean, I love personnel conversations and, you know, drawing up the blitzes yeah. and, and, you know, fixing problems we had. I love that. Um, but the time that's required to, to be the head coach that I want to be mm-hmm. – I got to be at my desk more. Yeah, and uh, I'm very happy we did it the way we did it. I think the investment, you know, obviously a big reason that that I got the opportunity at Virginia Tech was the defense that we've played, you know, at, at, at different points in my career. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was important to me that the investment and the foundation laid in that room uh, had, yeah. you know my thumbprint on it yeah. uh, and I trust those guys and I've got good good coaches in there you know and obviously Chris Marv mm-hmm. was a captain for me at Vanderbilt and and Sean Quinn's been with me multiple stops now uh, Derek Jones and I've coached together and JC Price was here as an All-American when I was coaching the first time we yeah. led the nation in sacks and had a great defense I mean Pearson Prelo was here when I was coaching and part mm-hmm. of championships here and part of great defenses and you know, those guys came up under Bud as well and yeah. Coach Beamer. So 
know, there's a lot of like-minded individuals in there that uh, not just from a personal standpoint, but structurally and philosophically and how you play great defense. Yeah. What's a, a point in your career? You know, I, I talk a lot about um, a lot of my content about overcoming adversity, challenges. Uh, anyone who's gotten to the level you're at has gotten through some adversity at some point or some moment in your coaching career where, you know, your back was against the wall. What? Give me a moment in your career at some point, whether it was at Penn State, before that, where you were facing some adversity and overcame it. So I got to tell you guys about the presenting sponsor for today's episode, Athletic Greens. Listen, I've been super picky about who we allow to sponsor this pod because I want to promote things I actually use. And when Athletic Greens reached out, I was fired up. I literally use Athletic Greens every single day. The reason I use it every day is because it's just one scoop and I get all the vitamins and minerals I need. 75 plus nutrients, vitamins, minerals, a bunch of other stuff that I don't even know what it is, but it's great for you. Since I started taking Athletic Greens daily, I feel better. My energy is better. My digestion is better. And as a guy who travels a ton, it's hard to get my vitamins and minerals in. With Athletic Greens, it's as easy as one scoop a day. As I've gotten farther away from my playing career, I now take my health more seriously and Athletic Greens has been a game changer for me. So if you want to take control of your health, try Athletic Greens AG1 today and get five free travel packs and a one-year supply of vitamin D free when you use my link, drinkag1.com slash nextup. Again, that's one-year supply of vitamin D free and then five free travel packs when you use my link, drinkag1.com slash nextup. And guys, supporting our sponsors supports me and allows me to do this podcast as consistently and at a high level like we have been for all of you. So please go purchase some AG1 at drinkag1.com slash nextup. Oh, man. I mean, there's a lot of memories coming back right now, and we don't have enough time on this podcast. Um, it does make you stronger. Yeah. You know, I mean, I sit here as a testament to that. And yeah, I've been fired twice, and uh, you know, I think the way I handled that, uh, myself, my wife, I mean, just the perseverance and and the respect and mm-hmm. in, in the process and. Um, I think having perspective on why decisions are made and you know, I think you know you grow from it you, you learn to value your opportunity more um, you know 2016 at Penn State I mean we're two and two they're booing us out of the Minnesota state Minnesota game we right got, yeah. we got cranked on at Michigan and come back we're losing to Minnesota and yeah. you know the perseverance to find a way to win the game and man we got five linebackers out and to come back and really you know have an impact in the year that we had yeah uh, defensively and you know i'll never forget after that michigan game that that morning there was a tweet circulating that said bye pry you know and <laughs> it's just you know the things that a lot of coaches have dealt yeah. with but um yeah you know, i think it's um that's what shapes you, though. Yeah. You know, I don't think I could change anything, um, you know, because uh, if, if you learn and, and, and you grow from the experiences, good and bad, uh, you're just getting to a better place, you know. Yeah, it is funny. I, I'm going to see Coach Franklin tomorrow at Penn State. Tell and, him uh, I said hello and I will. stay the heck out uh, of the Commonwealth. Stay out of Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, and I was doing preparing for this, preparing for that. I was talking to a couple of buddies, and we were talking about that 2016 Penn yeah. State season and just how different things would have looked at Penn State. I don't know what would have happened, but if that Minnesota game would have gone the other yeah. way. And it's yeah. something that no one talks about anymore. But I remember being at – I was playing at UMass at the time, and I remember 
checking my, I would check the Penn State scores at halftime. Yeah. I wanted to see how the boys were doing. I remember seeing the halftime score and yeah. being like, it is not going to be good for that staff. <laughs> and just crazy how things yeah. turned around after that. Sure and win a Big Ten championship. You know, when you're on the inside. And, and I know a little bit about what happened offensively, but defensively, we were down to, I remember our walk-on linebacker, Brandon Smith, got thrown out for That's right. targeting. And then his replacement, Jake Cooper, separated his shoulder in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so we take Manny Bowen, who had never played Mike linebacker, and said, you're going to be the Mike linebacker. Yeah. He was like, what? Yeah. We taught him three calls on the sideline. And it's the last series of the game uh, before overtime. And uh, I called a blitz, the one blitz that I taught him yeah. on the sideline you know, as a Mike linebacker. And they come out and unbalanced. <laughs> And the team, the unit goes to our unbalanced check that gets us out of the blitz. He's got no and clue. And he said, I don't know, Groucho, I'm running the blitz. And Garrett Sickle said, I am too. And we sacked him. That's great. I love it. Yeah, that was a memorable game and a testament to everybody that was part of that, that yeah. team, uh, the way we could you know, stick together. And I, I thought we did that last year here at Virginia Tech, to, to stay together and nobody's pointing fingers besides the fan base, you know, when they were getting ugly with us. And, yeah. But, uh, you know, sticking together and fighting through it. And, man, you don't have any choice almost but to get better and to yeah. grow and to be a better team. And, you know, and that's, you know, then to finish it out and win the Big Ten Championship, Big yeah. Ten Championship on a fourth and one, you know, stop against Wisconsin. Huge. I mean, yeah. just uh, it was a great year and it certainly grew a lot. And um, But, you know, I think, you know, at every level coaches are – you know, there's adversity with your team. There's adversity on the field. There's adversity with your staff. There's just, you know, I think, you know, I saw that in James, you know, early at Vanderbilt, just the ability to to navigate it every day because yeah. there's curveballs coming all the time and things that need dealt with the right way. And, you know, and you can't run from it. You can't hide from it as yeah. a head coach. you got to hit it head on, yeah. you know, and, and take care of it to the best of your abilities. And, you know, I think part of that is having good people around you mm -hmm. to help you do that. And I'm very fortunate here. What was the moment you knew Michael Parsons would be a generational talent? Uh, ninth grade, watching him at, <laughs> at CD, playing Harrisburg right. High, me it, and Spence. His, his recruiting process wasn't, oh, wasn't drama-free either. <laughs> I, I, think he, uh, I think he blocked a punt. He blocked an extra point. Me and Spence were on the sideline. He... Uh, he had two sacks and, you know, just had an unbelievable yeah. game. He was in ninth grade, if I remember right. And But uh, probably the biggest challenge I had was talking him into playing linebacker. Oh, really? You know, he was a yeah. hand-in-the-dirt D-end and played tailback his last year. And, you know, he just had too much talent to to not get him off the ball some. So, yeah. But uh, great experience, you know, coaching him and, and seeing what he's capable of. I tell people all the time, he's super talented. But, man, when it came time to compete, he's Turn one of the best I coached. Yeah, yeah. If this place, Virginia Tech, can get to the where you want it to be, conference championships, college football playoff appearances, what are the one or two things that still need to happen in order to get there? Yeah, I think uh, some three things jump out to mind. We're going to play great defense. Mm -hmm. We're going to run the ball. We're going to have a dynamic quarterback. You know, systematically, that's what I want for this program. Yeah. Run the ball, play great defense, have a dynamic guy, you know, with the ball in his hands every snap. Second thing, 
we're going to have done a great job recruiting the state mm -hmm. of Virginia. A great job. Thirdly, great staff retention and chemistry. Yeah. That, uh, we're going to have that, you know, over the course of these next several years and and be able to build on successes and continue to grow our, our culture, uh, our brand, and our successes. Yeah. What's the best advice you've ever received? Hmm. I'm curious. I've gotten to hear a lot of advice one. over the years, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think just recently something that, uh, you know, and I, I've, I mean, I, you know, it seems so cliche, but I've got a uh, poem about never quitting that my dad gave me a long time ago when I was at Louisiana Lafayette, maybe 2002 or three. You know, and he just wrote on the, he put it in a little silver frame, just like a five by seven typed out and about when your back's, you know, against the wall. Mm -hmm. And uh, he signed it, love dad. And, and uh, you know, it's just about never quitting, right? And, and that sucker, it sits in the back on a shelf in my office, every job I've had. And at some point during the season, Mm -hmm. It ends up right here in front of me. Uh, it comes out when it's needed, and it's a, a really strong reminder because now over the years I've been there where I haven't, and it's yeah. and you persevere and you work through it, and, yeah. and, and you come out of it, you know. Um, but then more recently, just to sleep on things sometimes <laughs> before you make a decision. You know, I'm an emotional guy. I'm kind of a, you know. Yeah. Uh, grit your teeth and let's have it out. And uh, sometimes you j I just need to, yeah. to be able to kind of let it go for a minute and make sure I'm making the right decision on some things. What's it like being an assistant coach on Coach Pry's staff? I, I hope they feel like we have a great time. Yeah. You know, and that, that uh, I think they feel like they can trust me and and that uh, we're going to work our butts off, but we're going to keep this thing fun and we're going to treat people right. I mean, I don't want this to be more difficult than, than stuff already is. Yeah. And if we just, you know, if we're straightforward and we keep it fun and keep it real, yeah, you know, we got a chance to do this. Last couple of things I got for you, Coach. Appreciate all your time. Is uh, your family? So I got to meet some of them in State College when you were there, and your wife. And my question is, how do you balance the pressure to be a championship head coach, right? <laughs> to to do do the work here, yeah. and also make sure that you can go home and be, you know be present and the yep. balance between that. And I know that part of the answer is there's really not a balance a lot of times, but how do you, how do you handle the two? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, people tell me, I mean, you know, that a coach's life is just completely out of balance, right? <laughs> yeah. it, it's just, you know, compared to a lot of normal folks, it's, but uh, balance has always been really important to me. Mm -hmm. um, I can't be the coach I need to be if I don't have it. Yeah. And for me, that really equals two things. That equals my family. Uh, you know, I'm not a guy that golfed a lot. If I had four <laughs> hours, I was going to go get with my yeah. wife and kids and my three cats and two dogs. Um, <laughs> you know, I love that. And, yeah. and you know, it, it's just like you always hear. I mean, I had young daughters, and, you know, they didn't, if we won or lost or if we had yeah. a bad practice, they didn't, you know, they just wanted to hug on their dad and play some Barbies. And, and so that's always been awesome for me. Um, you know, I love it. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be the head coach of Virginia Tech without him. Mm -hmm. It just wouldn't be as meaningful. Yeah. Um, you know, we're on this journey together, and 
And then the second piece is, you know, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big music guy. And yeah. man, I can, I can forget about everything else for a while and catch a live band or, you know, listen to some good tunes at home. And, uh, you know, I like to relax and do that and or spend time with the family. And I just know if I don't, um, Otherwise, I'm just, I, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to be the coach. And so I want that for our staff. And to be honest, I want that for our players. Yeah. You know, it can be such a grind. And these guys will work as hard as you allow them. Yeah. You know, when you're motivating them and they're excited, they will be out there for five hours on a voluntary day if you let them. Yeah. Um, you know, so we got we to gotta make sure we keep them healthy and balanced. And, you know, yeah, it's – people want to say it's business and it's this. And, and even for the players, this is business for me. And I got to get to the league and I got to get this degree. And I gotta, But at the same time, let's enjoy the ride, man. Yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty special. Yeah. So, um, yeah. We have plenty of balance around Virginia Tech. <laughs> they got good live music in Blacksburg? Yeah, We're yeah, working on it. I think I may have to invest in a little music spot. <laughs> Coach, Coach Prime's music studio? Yeah. Uh, everyone, I mean, it's been well documented how great of a recruiter you've been throughout your, your career at Penn State, now here. But no one knows about some of the toughest recruiting losses. So give mm. me the recruiting loss mm. that haunts you to this day still. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Is there one that stands out? Uh, yeah, there's one that jumps to mind first. Uh, there's been a lot of losses, you know, and I've had to, to uh, take people's advice that don't worry about the ones you don't get. You know? Make sure you get in the right ones, which is important. Um, in, uh, in the year 2000, we're at Western Carolina. This is a crazy story. The D-line coach and I had recruited the heck out of a guy. <laughs> His name's right here, but I'm not going to say it. And uh, he was from Florida. And it was us in Bowling Green, and we're at Western uh -huh. Carolina. And back in that time, you still – you brought your coffee into the fax machine. <laughs> he brought in the stationary bike. Uh -huh. You know, I'm having a donut and coffee. He's <laughs> on the bike. It's a D-line coach and I. And it's a DB from down in Florida mm -hmm. that came and visited us. He canceled his visit to Bowling Green. Mm -hmm. We went down and saw him and his mom. It was great. We couldn't believe we were yeah. going to get this guy. <laughs> the catamount was so fired up. So, you know, everybody has a little contest whose signee comes in first. Yeah. You know, it's not the same nowadays because it's all electronic. But yeah. it used to be who rolled across the fax first. And here it comes. It's, it's the high school <laughs> cover letter. Uh. And he's like, yes, you know, we're so fired up. We got him. You know, here it comes. Well, the second page – came in it's blank as it comes it comes through it's supposed to be the, the nli right <laughs> at the bottom there's a little typed paragraph and it said i've decided to go to bowling green please consider my friend john smith the punter for my scholarship thank you <laughs> i think my buddy fell off the bike i spilled my i mean it was a bad deal you talk about getting you know, it wasn't, fun, it wasn't funny in the yeah, time. Yeah, a recruiting lesson early on in our careers. Uh, you know, a tough blow. <laughs> That's brutal. I mean, here it is 25 years later. I can remember his name and everything about it. I mean, you know, so there are tough losses, and that, that was certainly one of them. And players are still trying to get their buddy scholarships, right? <laughs> that, that'll never yeah. stop. That'll never yeah. stop. I mean, he was a DB. He said, take my, my buddy, the punter, give it to him. That's great. I love that. That's a very recruiting is a brutal game <laughs> yeah, now, man. It is a brutal game. Yeah. Uh, last thing I got for you. I, I end every podcast with this. What's your why? What's the reason you wake up every day and, and do what you do at a at a high level? 
There's a lot of reasons, to be honest, Adam. Tough to pick you one. Know, I think, you know, my family and our happiness and success and just being on a journey, um, you know, and, and it extends to our staff and our team, right? Mm-hmm. I, we're on a journey together. Yeah. I mean, we only get one shot at this life thing. And these people, players, coaches, family, have aligned with myself and my wife and my family here to do this. Yeah. Um, and I take uh, great pride in that. Uh, it's very important to me. And then also, you know, there's a sense of, uh, of self-pride, right? Just mm-hmm. it, it, that what you do, you're doing your absolute best yeah. and you're doing it the right way and you're pouring your heart and soul into something uh, to make it work for everybody. Um, you know, and, and then just feeling so blessed and fortunate to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you not do your absolute best every day when, you know, I'm as... as lucky as I am yeah. to be the head coach of Virginia Tech. Yeah, I love it, Coach. I'm excited for Tech fans to get to know you a little bit better and, and, and see this. And it's been fun following you and, and, and you know, knowing you through the years. I'm excited to see what you do and build this place into, I have no doubt, conference conference champions. So I'm no, excited. I, I appreciate you saying that. I'm glad you took the time to come down and see us. And uh, you're always welcome here, man. I appreciate uh, it. A ton, ton of respect and happy about what you're doing. Thank and, you. You know, hopefully next time you, you come back, we got a few more wins under our belt. Yeah, I'd love to come to a game this fall maybe. Come, come on. check it out. Yeah. See you, man. Put you in the box. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. <laughs> appreciate it. All right, brother. I appreciate it. Yep.